Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult well, hello, your Hello, feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business, and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. That's right. It is Monday morning. Monday morning, a reminder, friends, don't let friends feed kibble, and a reminder that this is Dr. Andy Day. Good morning, Dr. Andy. Morning, How in the Happy world? Monday. Happy Monday. Are we going to have a good week? We're going to have an awesome week. Why not? Really? How do you know? Because I said so. Mm-hmm. 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 You set the intention. Yep. I intend on having a good week. I intend on changing lives for dogs. But, you know, we, it's most what we do around here. Right? It's what you do. But I think you change more the pet parents lives. Right. Because you're educating and you're helping them and um, in making sure that um, that. Uh, you know, the, the brain is is engaged. <laughs> we have to engage the brain. And you know what I see a lot happening, Dr. Andy, is that people make assumptions that are just absolutely. Incorrect, but they don't go and actually research it. Now, I don't know if it's that people don't know how to research or that they don't want to research or that the avenues of which they research are contaminated. I suppose it could be any one of those, right? It is probably all of them. Besides, my neighbor told me it. Uh Uh-oh, your neighbor. Yes. <laughs> and I would always take a look at your neighbor's life and say, well, do you have healthy dogs? <laughs> you know, but whatever. Um, That's an awesome point. People take advice from people. Did you look at their lives? Did you look at their dogs? Should right? you be talking to them? Hmm. Right, right, right. So I always say, look, people ask me that all the time. Well, who do I trust? Well, probably the people that have been doing it for a long time. Now, there's a caveat there. Dr. Andy, because people would say, well, I'm going to trust my vet. And, um, and, and you know who I trust? Who? Me. And your dogs. Yeah. That's where you start. And then right. you gather all this information from other people and you go back to, oh, yeah, research, educate yourself. And I, yeah. I think a lot of pet parents are lacking that confidence. Yes. I think um, veterinarians instill any confidence in them. I had a client in last week. She's crying. She's upset. She's not getting anywhere with her, her animal. And I'm like, she's like, I just don't know. I'm like, bullshit. You know, you know your animal. And so you're going to have to stick to your guns and you're going to keep reminding yourself that you know your animal. Not that vet that you see every once in a blue moon. I was telling Neely on the podcast last week that I was sitting at breakfast and I was listening to a vet talk. They didn't know who I was, didn't know that I was even there. And they were telling their uh, audience that all dogs have these allergies to beef, chicken, and dairy because they're in all of the dry kibble food. Now, I would say 
that is not um that protein i seriously doubt or even that dairy has nothing to do with that allergy it's mostly the high sugar content right high sugar content that is in there and um and the super processing yes and the super processing yeah. and all the synthetics and then she said we have great success with um my staff feeding a, a plant-based diet to the dogs and adding organs oh and she also said cytopoint is the miracle drug i about came out of my skin but but my but my point is this is that she said it with much authority and um and the people were like oh okay and i wanted to say oh do we know what a dog is? Do we know what a cat is? I this is my this is my pet peeve. Yeah. It it almost makes me speak, right? Because I think we actually do know what a cat and a dog is. Mm. It's a mountain lion or a wolf. One of the two people. I mean, that is I don't think is unmistakable now what we are doing to them with these insane diets ridiculous i always say i'm i'm shocked i'm shocked at the things that people put in their dog's bowl and one of the things that you were talking about you said let's break up with pumpkin for pete's <laughs> sakes can we beat pumpkin to death anymore like please stop please yeah stop with the pumpkin i mean what i mean what <laughs> I'm <in that>. <laughs> <laughs> you know so let's talk a little bit about uh pumpkin shall we dr andy what do you see a little bit more yeah let's beat it to death a little bit more because obviously it's not getting through um let's talk about it what do you see the biggest issue well first of all let me back up why do you hear from your patients why they are using pumpkin oh pooping issues and anal gland issues and whatever that means in their world is trying to get at, get that information out of them is difficult or they've been doing pumpkin so long they don't even really remember why they started they had anal gland issues well i don't know what that means two years ago but it, it it's a pooping issue right we want our dogs to poop we would like to poop i mean everything has to poop um it's a big deal <laughs> but if and vets even you know, with their kibble fed clients, add pumpkin. So if they were once kibble fed and now they're raw fed, they continue with the pumpkin. But if you are a raw feeder, and I mentioned it in that email, once again, we alter the poop by using organs to soften things up and bone to harden things up. You start with the food. I start with the food with my health. I start with the food with my dog's health. And then we'll look at supplements. And then we'll look at what else, all right? But food, 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 people. And so yeah. raw feeders get rid of the carbs, the starch. Oh, and sweet potatoes right there with pumpkin, people. Yeah. You know, these anal gland issues typically pop up right about now when everything is blooming. What do, right. What do anal glands do? They are to collect toxins and eliminate them from the body. 
So yes, if we have stuff blooming, we have more inflammation, we have more phlegm, we have mild spring, whatever. I think we all have a little drippier nose and goopier eyes, right? So those anal glands may be working a little harder. They may be a little fuller. They may be doing stuff that they weren't doing two months ago. What if that's okay and the body's handling it? Well, and the other thing too is, um, do you smell? There, there's a distinct smell. There is. When <laughs> there is the, nothing like it. <laughs> when the anal glands are impacted, right? There, there, there's a smell there. You can smell it. What? It, how would you describe that smell? Bad. <laughs> Bad. Not yeah. quite poop smelling. Has a little extra tang to it. Fishy smell or something. It's weird. It's yeah, a weird smell. It, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, the one thing that I have seen is that if you start that manual expression, yes. then you're going to have to continue to do that. And that's not going to be good for the dog. The more, yeah, the more you express them, the more you have to express them because, oh, like anything else in the body, it just got lazy. Oh, you're going to do that for me. So I don't have to. Um, and so, so don't start that. Don't go every month and have them express because you're supposed to. Don't do it. Now, every once in a while, I think my Doberman 7, I think we did express his anal glands twice in his life. Otherwise, he does get that little tangy, anal glanny, smelling, whatever, every once in a while. I, and he's licking his butt. I know, terrible pet parent. I let him handle it. I let him deal with his body and I, I use an essential oil spray and I spray it back there. So it smells better. And those oils go directly into the anal glands and help the issue. Cause a lot of what the vets have to offer is oral and it, it very little that ends up in that anal gland, you know, antibiotics, so on and so forth. If you can get right to the source, it's much better. You could even use the, the silver sole from adored beast that would be excellent just spray their bottom and that's going to go straight into the area that it needs to go to yeah the um and the, and the question really is how long have they been boot scooting or booty scooting right so if it's mm-hmm. just right about now let's let them go ahead and do that for a little while so, all right my butt it just sometimes right and what if the third scoot you see they express the anal gland and it's all better right they're actually doing it to get things moving and their butt itches and it's a little uncomfortable. I'm very grateful. We don't have anal glands. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Very grateful. Um, Thank you, evolution. But uh, yeah, you know, let them see what they can handle before rushing off. Yeah. 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 And if you are a new raw feeder and you've had sloppy kibble poops, okay. Um, that is not a hard enough poop to help the anal glands express. So give it a little bit of time. Okay. Now there, we've talked about this a lot. People, once they come over from kibble to raw, they get a little bit confused. Dr. Andy thinking that their dog is constipated because they just don't need to eliminate as much. Yep. Right. And, and so don't, and so if you have this situation and I've seen this situation a lot, they come over from kibble, the poops are much smaller um, and they're harder 
Um, and now the pet parents go back to pumpkin because they think the dog is constipated. And then we get looser poops and maybe they don't express the anal glands as well as they should at that point. That's very, probably very accurate. Most stories. Um, yeah. We, when you go raw, you remove all the fiber and that fiber that's that um, soluble fiber that's not digested is forcing all those muscles to contract those intestines and move out these voluminous poops. Oh my gosh, I see my kibble fed client poops. And I'm like, you do need a King Supers grocery bag for that. That is ridiculous. <laughs> and you I have to mean, pay 10 I, cents for that bag now. Well, yeah, now, but <laughs> oh my gosh, it's shocking. And, and I can smell it from like across the way. But anyway, um, and so when you remove all that fiber, all those muscles also have to get used to no fiber and the volume just diminishes dramatically. And yes, the poops get smaller and harder and less often, and you need to have some patience. The body's gonna have to readjust. That's all it's doing. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, and the other thing that you pointed out in your email that you sent out that you guys can uh, follow on animalmagiccare.com, you said um, that Yes, although pumpkin is uh, fiber, it's an insulin, uh, does it spike the insulin? Well, do you feel like that the pumpkin does spike insulin in the body? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You're putting sugar into the body. Absolutely. And you're contributing to all the insulin resistance and all the elevated liver enzymes and all the um, issues um, all the chronic disease, the inflammation we're seeing in our pets, that is what's contributing to it. So if you're going to go raw, why would you add that back in? Yeah, it's never been, it's pumpkin has never been one of my things that I have ever done. The thing, if I have a dog that like Asta, let's just say that I'm, I've done lamb or I've done, um, a beginner's choice that has 15% bone or duck and rabbit that has 17% bone, okay? Let's just say that there's a little bit too much bone in the diet. Maybe they've gotten a couple of duck heads, whatever. Well, I'm gonna do one of two things. I'm gonna either add more of the organ blends that we have, guys, and there's typically three different organs and they're all, you know, a third, a third, a third. Um, or I'm going to do a tripe meal couple of tripe meals, right? And that that is going to fix it. If I'm going to do a lamb, PMR, beginner's choice, uh, the rabbit, duck, something that's higher in bone, I'm going to actually take one pound roll of my organ blend and I'm going to mix it in with um, the other 10 pounds that I have in my container. And I'm just going to mix it up, you know? And that that will help. So there's a lot of things that you can do without going to the sugary pumpkin. The other thing, too, is that I think that some dogs can get really addicted to that taste. Right. So you're adding yeah, pumpkin. Yeah. You're adding pumpkin. And then all of a sudden you hear the podcast and you're like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't add so much pumpkin. You pull it out. And your dog says, wait, where's my sugar in my where's raw? My sugar? Yeah. Where's my sugar? Where's my sweet taste? I need to spike my I'm addicted to that. I need to spike my insulin. Where's it at? Yeah. And then they don't eat the meat. And then you get a call that, oh, they don't eat raw anymore. 
there's something wrong with this badge. Okay. <laughs> there's something uh, wrong. You know, you were talking about, oh. right? You were talking about that um, blood work. Okay. And, and Neely and I talk a lot about blood work too, where she's not a huge fan of doing blood work. I, I do like to do blood work. Um, but, you know, it's a, a lot. I'll right. I don't do a lot. Right. I probably do it once a year just to take yeah. a look. And then, and I just did it with um, Asta and, and Lossie. And, you know, their blood work is fabulous. But here's the thing. Okay. So you were talking about in this um, email, we were talking about pumpkins and starch and carbs and all that kind of stuff that you did have somebody who came in who said, hey, I just did blood work and the liver enzymes were elevated. Um, did you find out what was actually going on with this pup? No, no, I never got a copy of the blood work. Mom was getting ready to leave town for six weeks. So, you know, that's how that goes. But I had another client. They, oh, I forget which liver enzyme. I did see that blood work. Um, was raised 80 points. That's not a lot. Mm-mm. And the vet wanted to do a round of antibiotics to make sure the liver didn't <gasps> have an infection. What? Mm -hmm. um, I go, at that point, when everything else is looking good, the animal was four or five years old. Um, why don't we just even recheck in a month, six months? Let's. It's a snapshot. Like Neely says, it's a snapshot. That could have just been that moment, and that liver is fine. To be throwing in antibiotics is unimaginable to me that that is not a time and a place for that at all um again this dog raw fed but had a lot of extra snacks and cream at night this going on and whatever a meat stick is and you know like yeah and so if you have something like that you have a generally healthy animal and everything is all everything else is looking good and you're already raw feeding and you have a little bit of that liver like I, I actually, I didn't write this in the email, but what I told the lady was I would then become neurotic about the carbohydrates, drop them all, get them all out of the diet. And she's like, well, she's raw fed. I'm like, yeah, I know. She's like, like the pumpkin. I'm like, yeah, like the pumpkin. Like you, you may not even like realize what else is kind of snuck in or has always been in the diet that needs to go. Well, okay. Before you decide that it's time to kick your raw diet to the curb let's make sure that we are actually just doing raw yeah. right and and what we mean by that when when you say that andy when i say when neely say when we say that we that's what we mean it's like mm -hmm. stop doing dairy okay stop doing um you know hot dogs or meat sticks or peanut butter or anything oh, that is the peanut butter yeah yeah. You know me, peanut butter and pumpkin. I'm like, oh, go ahead. <laughs> so, well, I'm just saying like you, you, you don't want to take out the thing that is most nutritious for the dog. And that is the protein, the organs, and the fat, right? Okay. The protein, the organs, and the fat. That's really where you want to concentrate. And I get it that dogs like treats, but you know, they're like kids. <laughs> the more you give them, the more they want. Yes, you have to be the human in the relationship. They're not opening those treats. They don't have thumbs. That's that's you to control that. And we harp and harp and harp. Single ingredient in treats, single ingredient meat treats, single ingredient meat treats. We're not kidding. 
Um, <laughs> and oh, all those vegetable blends, people, maybe they need to go for a while too if you're having issues. Yeah. Mine rarely ever get a vegetable. Rarely. Yeah. I do. Now I do, obviously I do all my blends, right? Yes. But I'm not going to, and, the, and they're very low, 7%, you know, 7%. I do see diets out there that are looking at a 25 to 40% plant-based or, or veggies. I'm just like, that, that doesn't work for me. And so it doesn't work for my dogs. I don't get it. Now I, you know, Dr. Andy, there are some people out there that are doing these vegan diets. And I really would like to see what that really looks like. I mean, I don't do it. I don't believe that we have a um, a carnivore that can live well on a vegan diet. But again, I've not done it. Um, I, I guess I, I just don't, I don't see how that could be. If there are no sulfur amino acids in plant-based foods, then how can that dog get everything they need? I just don't get that. That the, the sulfur amino acids only come out of animal protein. What is their fat percentage on those vegan diets? Ooh. The fat's not high enough. They're not producing all their fat-based hormones, their estrogens, testosterones, their their insulins, their their cholesterol, like all of these hormones that make the body run. So what is the fat content in those vegan diets? Usually it's really low because it's really low in people and vegetarians and vegan people. Sorry, folks, not that healthy. There's a great chapter about fats in Dr. Connor Brady's book that you have as well. And he really shows how the information on fats was created, you know, created by certain industries so that yes. they would do the hydrogenated um, yes. type foods, right? Oh, yes. And and so a lot of what they said was totally incorrect. The problem with the world is that those narratives run for 10, 15, 20 years. And by that time, you've done substantial damage in your own body, right? And I think that that's certainly what we have seen in the last three years. Um, man, I just had an email from somebody who said, who was hardcore, hardcore on getting the COVID backs and the boosters. And I said, you know, from the beginning, you might want to rethink that, rethink that, rethink that, rethink that. And, and they absolutely, because who am I? I'm nobody, right? The white coats up there and the, the Dr. Fauci's and everybody said, and therefore it must be safe. And so she just, she just texted me and she said, well, you were right all along. You know, all my friends and we're starting to see these weird autoimmune problems that we did not have prior to getting that. And um, so that's kind of sad. Uh, but man, uh, the more that I study Andy, Dr. Andy, about vaccines, I one of the books and I just showed you before the podcast that I got um is Dr. Joseph McCullough's book. This was written back in 2006. Um, but he wrote this book called, now just let me know if you've heard of this, if you've heard anything like this recently. It's called The Great Bird Flu Hoax by Dr. Joseph Mercola. 
the next no, big I pan no idea what you speak of. Right? No idea. Um what is what is incredibly interesting about this book that was written in 2006 is that the pattern is the same. Once you open up your eyes to the pattern of oh here's a pandemic and here's the here's the vaccine that's going to go with it. You start saying that this is a pattern that they use over and over and over again, right? So you create a pandemic or it is a distraction. And maybe it is because the food uh, supply is polluted. Maybe it's because um, the, the they have, you know, misdiagnosed uh, or miscalculated um, things in, in um, I don't know, water, uh, food. Um, all of the different agricultural pesticides that they put out there. And so they've got to distract and say, oh my goodness, it is this virus that's going around. And gosh, we have done damage over here, but we're going to make money off this damage because we're going to create a vaccine, right? Um, that will suppo supposedly fix whatever supposedly pandemic. Fix. Right. Whatever problem they named as the problem. Right. It gets very, it becomes very clear when you start reading and looking at all of this information that quite possibly, in quotes, quite possibly uh, we don't want to be injecting anything into our bodies or our dog bodies. It gets frightening. It's frightening. But not everybody's reading what you're reading or what I'm reading and what you're looking at or what I'm looking at or what we're talking about here. You know, a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, are, are right on board with us. But, you know, the ones that happen to stumble on us are like, I'm not hearing any of this from my veterinarian. I'm not hearing any of this from a medical doctor. That's because what we're talking about is not going to hit clinical practice for another 20 years. That's if, also if, how ever. If, if ever. If ever. But that's how it works. It, it basically all the new information takes another 20 years to make it to clinical practice. And that is frightening too. It's a brilliant plan to distract people with all of these different social, social media platforms, bombard you with information. Therefore you are worn out and you cannot research. And then you, you have an opposing view from those people who are in authority. That's a great plan. It's working really well, but I would encourage our listeners to go a little deeper, you know, and this is a great book, The Great Bird Flu Hoax. But here, here is something that um, has happened is that all of these folks that speak out in this way, okay, that, that are outside of the mainstream, that are outside of the box, they are going to vilify these people. And I say this because, you know, we had Dr. Tom Cowan on the podcast and he is going to come back and do a question and answer with our folks and uh, you can ask him anything and he'll tell you whether you know he can answer it or not but one of the things that I want him to talk about are viruses and bacteria but Brian one of our uh, raw squad members was promoting Dr. Cowan out there and promoting the podcast and what he found was that people were saying oh no we he's a kook He's a quack. Anybody that speaks out 
against the mainstream media, they will they will try to take their license away. Many of these doctors are just saying, I'm not going to renew my license. Yeah, that that's my understanding with his. It was a choice he made not yeah. to renew it because it was easier to function in this world without it. And there are many times when I have that thought about mine too, that it's sometimes easier to function in this world without it because of the restrictions that a license puts on you. And so what, what we find, and people are saying, where can I find an alternative, you know, um, or a holistic vet? Well, they get run off. They get run off. And until the time we stop being so afraid of natural resources and stop being so dependent on what Robert F. Kennedy calls the pharmaceutical cartel, criminal cartel. Right. That's what he called. And he's yeah. I mean, yeah. and he's been out there researching it for a long time. I mean, man, it, it we just and I'm not saying that we don't need vets, guys. We do need them to sew up, spay, neuter, dentals. There's a lot of things that we need. But like this vet that I heard at breakfast the other day, that's one of hundreds of thousands of vets that are out there that are spewing this information that I would like to say. Back that up for me. Let me let me see those pets. Let me understand why, other than you own a clinic, and to make that clinic success, successful, you have to push this nonsensical stuff that's so easy to push, Dr. Andy. It's so easy to push. It, it just, it just, it just, it's heartbreaking heartbreaking you guys listen you can get over and work with dr andy she could do a species appropriate consult as well as looking at your dog and uh, giving you some options to pumpkin um understanding the poop the whole body dr andy can look at the whole body how's the dog walking how is he sitting pretty is um you know um how are you playing with him day after day after day? Maybe possibly uh, going to incur an injury if we do something repetitively that's not good for that dog. So Dr. Andy is a great source for you. You want to get over to AnimalMagicCare.com. AnimalMagicCare.com. Remember, every Tuesday, Dr. Andy does a YouTube Live. It's called Dr. Andy's World. Dr. Andy's World, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. You can get over there on YouTube and bring your questions. Get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business. And friends, don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you soon, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.